What's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, this is Kevin from the Court Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody. We are into the thick of November already. I mean, it's it's November. How the heck is this possible? We're already counting down to the end of the year. And today, well, we got an album of the year contender right here. If you like deathcore, metalcore, anything around there, ooh, boy, you're going to want to listen to this one. Before we get started, though, I want to thank our sponsors. First off, Manscaped. Yes, now that we are into November, there are so many places that are trying to do everything possible to basically sell you on stuff for Christmas, you know, with the holiday season, so up doo doo and shit, I don't even know. If if it's not This Holiday by Dragged Under, I really don't want to listen to it. This holiday, I want to be alone. on my own. I know I botched that. I don't really care. Yeah, so of course the holiday season is already like coming close. Advertisers are throwing everything your way, and I mean, I honestly buy all my gifts early. Reason being is because ever since the pandemic, um, God, trying to get shipping, make sure things get here on time. Oof, big time oof. But that's why we're here today because you know maybe you got a family member. Maybe you got to someone that uh, doesn't take care, best care of themselves down there, if you know what I mean. Maybe their uh, their bush is wild. Maybe it's wacky. Maybe you want to make sure that you give someone the gift of a Christmas shave down there. That's where Manscaped comes in. Get that person a lawnmower 4.0 to give them that gift of a Christmas shave under the waist belt. Oh, yeah. And that lawnmower 4.0 is perfect way to do it because... It has advanced skin-safe technology to make sure you do not get those, like, nick cuts on your boys. You don't want that. And that advanced skin-safe technology, I mean, I use this stuff, too. So it's like, ooh, it really doesn't do any of that. So I'm like, oh, boy, this is beautiful. It is also waterproof and has a 4K LED light on there so you can see what you're doing down there. So you can light your boys up like a Christmas tree while you're trimming your trees down there. Okay, that was really weird. But whatever. Go and get yourself a lawnmower 4.0. Go get someone you love a lawnmower 4.0 for Christmas this year. Uh, and go to manscaped.com to get it. And use the code CPP to get 20% off and free shipping your entire order. Order. Yeah, I said over. Order. I'd say go do it now. Mostly because, well, why wait? Get it done. Stress. Gone. Just get a gift giving list off your plate. Booyah. Link ships to the podcast. Not our feature presentation. So I have Howard from the band Within Destruction on here. The Slovenian deathcore metalcore band just released their new album, Lotus, at the end of September. While we were recording this, they were on tour, a headline run throughout Europe and the United Kingdom. And man, we go into this album and we talk about like the difference between their deathcore style going more metalcore, how they tote that line, how they put all these different inclusions with like electronic programming there and tote that perfect line of not going too much, not going too little. They perfectly balance this out, man. It's this album is great. If you like bands like Polaris, Make Them Suffer, those Australian metalcore bands, yeah, this is definitely something right up your alley. This is something that is absolutely incredible. We also talk about um, the tour they're on right now, how fans are receiving the album, especially live, and we come up with an idea to ho- on how to make touring even better to make sure you get the most energy out of it. So please welcome Howard from Within Destruction to the podcast. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah. 
Well, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast. It took a little bit of time to get this band the podcast, but after the release of their brand new album, I mean, it was like undeniable. I had to have a chance to talk to these guys. This band's new album called Lotus is available now for you guys to go check out. So if you like anything in that deathcore, metalcore realm, you're going to listen to this and be like, oh my god, I need more of this in my life right now. So please welcome Howard from the band with Indestruction to the podcast. So Howard, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, man. I mean, I know we're shooting this right now and you are on tour out in the uh, like in the UK and Europe right now. So how has everything been going with that? How's it been going with, you know, the release of the album? Just how are you doing right now, man? Dude, the, the tour itself has been doing really well. Um, I'm really excited that we get to play all these new songs uh, to new and old people. Uh, additionally, all the bands that we have on tour, uh, we took out Earthcaller, Bound in Fear, and Space of Variations. And these are all like super, super sick bands. And every band has like a really distinct style. And, you know, you're not going to get like one band that sounds like the like the next you know so it's always so it's always really refreshing to hear and like it's a pleasure to have them as well um and yeah man like so far just all the shows have been really sick man the turnouts have been great people have been really enjoying it and yeah it makes me really happy to see see now you're making me jealous just by saying that because i want to be like come over and bring this shit to the u.s man i want to I want to listen to this stuff live. I want to throw down the pit like none other, especially to some of these nasty-ass breakdowns you guys got going on. Like, I bring this over here. But all at the same point in time, I'm thinking, you know what, maybe next time you guys are, like, after this run, if you guys are back out on the road in Europe once again, maybe in 2023, I might just have to say, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to end up buying a ticket over to um, wherever you guys are playing in Europe and just hang out there for a little bit because... I mean, that sounds like a fun time, especially if you guys are getting that great of a turnout for this stuff. Man, I want to be in that crowd going absolutely nuts of this stuff. Yeah, man, dude, like, I would absolutely love to take this, like, take this whole thing to the States, you know, like, it would be so, it would be so sick to be back there, especially, like, I don't know, I, I'm just really, I'm, I'm really excited to see when we go back to the States, like, how these new songs are going to be received by our fans over there, so... Yeah, man, like I'm sure that's going to happen really soon. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Like I kind of want to see this happen where all of a sudden we get a bunch of like the Australian metalcore bands come over from like come over again and then all of a sudden have you guys end up on the bill with them, like get you on the bill with like Invent Animate, Alpha Wolf, Polaris, Make Them Suffer, stuff like that because I mean like I've seen shows with them come through. It's just the crowd just gets amped up in such a way where it's just you you can't do anything but move and start smashing to someone you hear that those songs, you feel that energy. And after listening to Lotus, I'm just like, my God, that would fit so perfectly within this. And fans just come flocking to that stuff. Like, we need that to happen. Yeah, bro. Like, that would be so sick. Like, I, I'd love to be on a bill with all those bands. Like, I know Australian bands do really well over there. And, like, yeah, dude. Like, the scene over there is just crazy. So, yeah, dude. It would be sick. If you guys got in a bill with them, the competition would be every single night. Who can get the crowd going the absolute craziest? <laughs> who can bring the most amount of energy? And who can get basically the best wall of death in the, of the whole yeah. entire night? Because we keep in score, like, in the buses, just like, alrighty. We won this day. Players won this day. We won this moment already. We'll just like tally it up and we'll figure out who won at the end of the whole entire tour. And then whoever wins, every other band has to buy him beer. Sounds like a good time, dude. Like, honestly, that sounds like 
it sounds like such a motivation to like go really hard every day, you know? You you just gotta add it to it because it's it's something that you know it's not it's not over the top, but it's something that's fun. But it's something that's like you also still really want to win that because you want to have those bragging rights over those other bands. Exactly. I, I feel like that would be such a fun way to like get shows like really going, you know? And also just like it's an interband competition who has the like like craziest mosh or something. It would be sick. It would be sick to see for sure. And then like, you know, put up like the every day, put up the updated scoreboard on whatever's like everyone puts up in their social media platform so that all of a sudden everybody's fans see this stuff. And it's like, it just becomes more of a thing where, you know, metalcore fans, deathcore fans, or just fans of these bands in general want to go out and just enjoy this as much as possible. They want to go out and just like, I got to hear this. I got to be a part of this. I got to help my favorite band get to that point. But then all of a sudden, you know, they hear all the other bands that built like, you get to your favorite band, that might be the headline. You're like, fuck. I don't know if I have the energy to still go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, like, I don't know. I just think, I just think that would be so sick. And to be honest, I think, I think we would do pretty well on that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, just listening to the music, it's, I can clearly see you guys being able to bring that kind of energy. And I am jealous of the fact that I can't see it live right now. Cause like, you guys are out too, like, are you playing these new songs live? Like, I want to see this, but there's a big giant thing called the Atlantic Ocean in between you yeah. guys and me right now that is preventing me from being able to do this. It makes it really hard, for sure. But eventually we'll be over there. Like, we love touring the States. So, like, the whole experience itself and also just, like, the shows. Like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going back. Oh, I have no doubt that you guys will be back sometime soon as well. But with the shows you're playing right now, what has the crowd perception been like, especially from a lot of the songs that are on Lotus? What have they, like, what's the energy been like? And have they created some of those craziest mosh pits you've ever seen? Because I know some of these songs can easily do that. Dude, I think it's been better than ever, to be honest. Um, when we were touring on the previous cycle for uh, Yokai, um we were still kind of in that transition like that's transitionary phase between you know our deathcore sound and our metalcore sound and you can see that like like the fans i would say i would say most of the fans are into it right and they we, we go on we play like the new songs they're super into it but then there's like still some like some of the older fans that are like kind of like a little bit like a little bit hesitant on like whether or not like this is like their thing which is totally cool but now that we've kind of had that full transition into this new sound, um, I like most like everyone that comes to our like, that comes to our shows like they're totally into it. You know, they're like they they love it. So like I'm really excited. I'm really happy to see that people are enjoying it. Um, it's still heavy, so like people are still moshing, and uh, yeah, dude, like it's sick. Well, even after listening to it, too, I can understand where some of those old fans, especially from your older Deathcore, sounded like, you know, they still kind of want some of that. And understandable, that's what they like, that's what they really vibe with, that's what they're going to go with. However, after listening to a lot of the songs on Lotus, it's not like you guys completely abandoned that either. There are plenty of times where all of a sudden you listen to one of those breakdowns, and there's a lot of that Deathcore style that comes into there. It's There's much more of a blend between that Metalcore, Deathcore style to the point where, for myself, as much more of a Metalcore fan, listening to this, I am totally down with almost every single aspect of it. But from a Deathcore fan's perspective, it's just like, oh, I wish it was heavier. All of a sudden you hear a breakdown, you're like, okay, I'm right back into this. Like, it just, 
it's such a nice blend of both of those styles to the point where you guys have created something that is pretty uniquely yourselves and only a couple of maybe a handful of bands have something where it's like, you know, this is for fans of, and that's why I brought up some of those Australian metalcore bands. Cause sometimes when they incorporate some of that heavier stuff into their styles, like kind of like make them suffer perfectly works within that kind of a like mindset framework style. So I can easily understand where, you know, you get different kind of fans that come in metalcore, deathcore, but after listening to all the songs on Lotus, it's just who's going to go to that show and be like, they didn't play it heavy enough. They didn't play it metalcore enough. They're going to go after that show and be like, fuck, that was good. Yeah, dude, hopefully. I mean, you're right. Um, I, I feel like it wouldn't be within destruction if it wasn't heavy. You know, like we, we like we like the big courses and we like clean singing and we, we love metalcore. Um, we like that's the direction that we want to go in, but we have to still make it heavy. You know, it's it's. It's going to be weird if we put out, like, I don't know, a shoegaze album and it was, like, actually soft and we were using, like, Telecasters and, like, I don't know, just really, just just more softer instrumentation. That would be super weird for us to do. Um, I think the thing that's holding us, holding the sound together is just that we're still heavy, you know? Yeah, because if you would have gone from something, you know, to a lot lighter of a style, kind of similar to, like, you know, jump from let's say you know bring me the horizon suicide seasons to bring me the horizon amo like that that's a complete massive jump that just can't happen over the course of you know one album cycle but all of a sudden it's when it comes to you guys evolving your sound and really getting that you know understood getting that core sound from within destruction created especially on this album mixing that deathcore and metalcore style together to keep those big courses to keep a cleaner style behind it especially when it comes to the vocals in that perspective, but the verse is still being able to go heavy and hard and having some of those deathcore growls in there, especially in some of the verses, in some of the breakdowns, in a good amount of that style. It's something where all of a sudden, I like, again, you guys could be perfectly on a bill with a bunch of those Australian metalcore bands, but if I also saw you on a bill opening for like Slaughter to Prevail, I wouldn't think anything of it. I'd be like, oh yeah, this totally makes fucking sense. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. I think... If anything, it just opens up, uh, opens us up to more possibilities in terms of who, who we can play with. Um, you know, our music now being more accessible. You know, people might listen to Lotus and then find out that they like heavier, like the hell, the heavier elements of that album, and then look to our previous discography and look to other bands that are in like deathcore, and it's just like a whole. You know, it's just a whole path that people can go down when when you introduce them to stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm really happy that we did that. I mean, that's something that we wanted to do for a long time, you know, and, and now we can. So super stoked. Yeah, because there's always going to have to be those bands that kind of create that like pathway or gateway between one south to the next. You're not just going to wake up one day and say, hell, I love Slark Prevail and Lorna Shore. It's like, well, how did you get to that point? There's always going to be certain steps that take you to that point where all of a sudden say you're listening to more, you know, hard rock music. Then all of a sudden it's like you get that post hardcore transition that takes that metalcore transition. And then you guys being that, per you guys in those Australian metalcore bands being that perfect bridge between possible, you know, metalcore death carl so now you jump into it and it's just there's an understanding of progression that happens there within your mindset and it's just it makes it so much easier to 
follow along with everything that's going on, understand the emotions behind the sounds, the lyrics, the, the pace, just the energy of the show. It makes so much more sense to go through that transition. You guys perfectly are in that place where all of a sudden, for someone like myself who loves metalcore, all of a sudden just like, yeah, I want to get into deathcore more already. Let's listen with the destruction. Let's start out with Lotus so I can get a taste of it, see the metalcore combination there, then jump to some of your older stuff to get more of that heavier style. And then it's like, okay, now I can jump to all these different deathcore bands and just get into them like that. Like lickety split, no big deal because I understand the transition from one spot to the next now. Yeah, exactly, man. Like that's, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Give me, I need a hammer and a board right here. So every time someone says you hit the nail on the head, I can just go boom, done. So nice. You should do that. I'm going to have to. So with you guys out on tour right now, what has been like the best show you guys have had on tour so far, especially with this being the Lotus release tour headlining run. What's been that like one show that you've played so far where it sticks out in your head? Like, man, this was too fucking cool. I would say either Budapest or Paris. Now that that's just because the fans there are absolutely insane. They they go they go really fucking hard and they're very passionate. So like whenever whenever we play these countries like Budapest and France, um they're just they're just incredible. Like Budapest and Paris, just more specifically. Um <clears throat> yeah, like people are like diving off stage and like when you look into the pits, like it's super hectic. It's like it's just wild, you know, like, you you know, it's crazy when I'm like playing guitar and I, I look up and like, I just see absolute chaos in like a verse of a song, you know what I mean? Like, because that's like that, like, super heavy, like moshing happens in like the heavy parts. But like, if you see like just consistent movement throughout the show, you know, it's like, you know, it's good. So yeah, dude, hats off to those two cities. Shit, if I'd known that, I would have flown out to Paris or Budapest. Because when I go in those pits, it's just if if I'm if I'm standing any at any moment, something's not right. It's like I gotta move yeah. through that whole entire set. But one thing it does surprise me that it was Paris and Budapest that stood out to you, especially from a lot of the bands I've talked to. Many bands really look to like Germany or look to the United Kingdom, especially as like the places where you're gonna get those like absolute craziest shows in pits. But Paris and Budapest. I've not heard that, but that just makes me even more intrigued about the whole entire European scene. For us, like that's just how it has been for some reason. Just France specifically goes really hard. So I I really like playing there. Man, apparently I gotta go to France and just see what happens with some of these shows. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did like from all the different bands I've asked, I never heard France before. So now you've just piqued my curiosity on this. Yes, sir. It's a good one. Dang. Well, I mean, we'll see if that holds up though, in terms of the best shows, because you guys still got more to go. You never we know. All Germany. Yeah. You yeah, guys we still got, we still got Germany left. So maybe I'll change my opinion then. <laughs> maybe in the past has Germany treated you guys very well in terms of crowd reception. Oh yeah, dude. I love playing in Germany. Like it's like the, the crowds there are awesome. Like they, they're also very passionate and they go really hard, very supportive in terms of, you know, like, you know, picking up your merch, like streaming your music, like talking to you. Like it's, it's great. Like I love Germany and also like just the venues. Um, they're awesome. Like the, the green rooms, the stages, like everything's like super professional, really well done. Like, 
Germans have it down when it comes to like, you know, the, the shows and when it comes to, you know, performances in this industry. Man, you're, you're like, you're making me even more jealous right now. Cause I want to go over to Germany and see how they do everything compared to how everything is done over here in the U S and just group kind of like come back and just all these venues. Alrighty. This is what Germany does. And they, everything's done well. And those shows are just absolutely wild, but everyone, you know, and you leave the show and everyone's happy. Even, you know, people that have blood running down their face. It was like, are you okay? Yeah, it was awesome, man. Yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> So that sounds like me at the festival I was at a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I got to go see uh, In Flames. I was trying to get into the pit. I'm like, where the heck is it? And I see this dude just blood running down his face, walking my like in my direction. All I said was, I don't know where the pit is, but I'm going towards where that guy just came from. Yeah. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Uh, yeah, dude. Like, um, fucking In Flames is sick. Was that the one with Fifth on Autopsy? Uh. They would have been on that tour. However, because I saw them at a festival, I didn't actually get to see the. Because uh, oh. they came, they came to where I live about a week before the festival. I didn't, I didn't have a chance to actually go and see them. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go see In Flames at this festival called Louder Than Life, and just seeing like the people walking back with blood in their face. I'm like, I need to go where they just were. I need to see what yeah. the hell's happening. Most violent pit of the whole entire weekend, and I'm like, and it was it was nuts. Like they were had a more violent pit than like Lamb of God and Slipknot, who were on the same day. Damn, that's impressive. I would have never thought that Inflames would be able to pull that over Slipknot and Lamb God. That's crazy. I mean, I mean, it wasn't the crazy. It was like you know the craziest in terms of energy, people. Like just in the scope of sheer violence, it was. I don't know how to describe it. In the scope of sheer violence, Inflames had it. I'm impressed. I have to see them. Yeah. Well, and yeah, well, now I, it's I, like. Sorry, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say, well, now it's like you got, you're going to have to go see them, see kind of like how they control, they can get those more crazy pits. Like, well, how can we make stuff that heck that happen so that we go out on those tours and we have the board of like who can get the craziest show going? We can make sure that every night with the destruction gets that mark. And at the end of the tour, we get all the beer. Dude, yeah. I mean, the guys like the guys don't drink, but I mean, we'll, we'll take some other form of form of a. Uh, reward <laughs> um steak dinner done <laughs> i'll take that so that, that would be a pretty pretty like a pretty decent alternative all of a sudden like you're on tour with three other bands and it's like okay um you guys won but you guys don't drink what well, if you guys just all chipped in and we went out to us like the three of us went out to a steak dinner done like there you go taken care of easy dude it sounds like a win-win situation for us yeah absolutely <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Just takes care of every aspect of it. But so now I want to jump a little bit more into Lotus specifically as it is the brand new album. And again, you're talking about like, you know, that little bit of transition from deathcore to metalcore now having it more mixed in there. One thing that was also really consistent on this album was the use of a lot of like electronic programming to really complement the styles of the songs. And I have heard a lot of different bands go with like different electronic programming. Some go way over the top and some kind of keep in the back. You guys, I don't know how to describe it more than this. When it came down to listening to it, the electronic programming was clearly there, but it was done in such a way where it was so complimentary to the heavier style you were working with. It never seemed out of place. It never seemed like it was overdone or over. It just seemed to be like you guys followed such a fine line on this. But you never strayed from that fine line. Like everything was done so well. I 
So how did you guys like work to put all these different like different pieces with electronic pro- uh, programming to really make Lotus pop as much as it did? Uh, dude, thanks, man. Um, so when I write, I I like to use I like to use synths and you know pads and effects when I'm writing, just in general, just because um, I feel like it just adds so much to the music. Um, specific, like a good example would be like a chorus or something like that. I could have a pad in the background and it just adds like this total. It's just like totally next level, and it's just it's just an extra layer that it doesn't need to be there, but you're going to miss it if it's not there, you know? And that's why, like, I, I think that's why it doesn't feel like it's over the top because um, while writing this, I did, I, I did write with the synths and I did write with um, all the effects um, and all uh, the, the extra, like, you know, stuff that goes on top, like maybe some like embellishments and just some extra layers here and there. Um, we work with a producer in Italy called, um, his name is Federico, uh, Federico Ascari. I think that's his last name. Um, we sent everything to him, um, all the effects. And then he kind of just has his own, he, he'll like put his own ideas and like have his own input in it. And then like, we'll run it back and forth. Cause, uh, I think he's, he's just like, he's got a way better ear for production and just for, you know, um like the post the post production that that area um so we trust him a lot in terms of like helping us shape our sound and yeah man like we try we try to have everything complement uh the music like we will never we'll never you know we're not the kind of band that's like oh this is a cool part we have to have this cool part it's like yeah this if this is if this part is cool like but it's not gonna. It's it, but it doesn't really help the song, or it doesn't really complement it. Then it, ultimately, it's it's kind of useless. You know what I mean? Like we're not really attached to parts. We're we're more focused on the big picture thing. So just the overall song. Um, yeah, I, I know I know what you mean by over the top sense. You know, like maybe it's too busy, or maybe it's just like not in line with the energy and the vibe of the song. Um, maybe it doesn't fit a specific section. It just like, it just sticks out. And it, for us, like, we're just really, we're really like um, conscientious about like what goes into a song. And since we are already writing with synths and effects, like it, everything fits, you know, we're not like trying to fit. Everything was made this way. Totally understandable. Now, before I go into some more of this stuff, you're talking about that you work with uh, Federico in Italy. Is he the same person that works with the band Stain the Canvas as well? Do you know? Uh, sorry, which bands? Uh, Stain the Canvas. If you, um, if you, I'm not sure. I'm I'll actually not you, sure about that. Just because I know that, like, I've, I've 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 interviewed them before. I actually am recording with them, like, literally the same day I'm recording with you, just a little bit later. And it's just like hearing oh, nice. their style, hearing their style, and like how they put in these different electronic programming pieces to really make it sound like a more orchestral feel. It's like how, and it's because the thing is, is it's clearly there, it's clearly powerful, but it's never overdone. It's like it still totes that fine line, along with similar to what you guys have done with your programming style and your synth style. So I'm like wondering, especially with uh, with him, is he also producing the same point too? Because if you guys, if 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 they're producing such on like such a fine line, it, like I feel like that's just kind of got to be like a 
What's the best way to put it? There's got to be some sort of a similarity there. It just it just sticks too much out of my mind. I'll even ask them like if when I talk to them later today, and I might have to message be like, dude, they do makes total sense to me. Sick. Yeah, man. I mean, they maybe they write the same way. Like, but yeah, Federico is is great. Uh, yeah. When it when it came to all that all the effects stuff for sure. Well, and then what you did say too, where you are writing your music with these different synths, with these different programming aspects already in mind so that it's not like, okay, now when post-production comes in, you're trying to, you know, see how you can make this pop a little bit more. It's okay. You know, you're not adding this on top of it to the point where it can go so over the top to try and make a certain part, like you said, sound cool, but then it doesn't really work with web song or it changed up the whole entire emotion and feeling of the song on a dime, which at times can work. But at times, more often than not, can just make a song seem kind of busy, rushed, or at the same point, I'm just not really conducive. It's kind of like all the switches that happen in uh, Stick Stickly by Attack Attack. So if any Crabcore fans out there, like, are you making, are you like ripping on uh, Stick Stickly? Ripping uh, on the anthem, are we? I, like, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, but there's some things about it that I'm just not a fan of personally. However, yeah. when it comes to your guys' style, it's... It makes so much more sense now why this works out so well because that idea for this is already in there. It's already a part of the writing process. You're not going into this like we're just going to play this hard and heavy and then we're going to add this stuff later. It's the thought process already there. So when the post-production style comes in, you're adding other things, you're layering things. That mindset is already there. The emotion is already there. The vibe of the song is already there. The feeling is already there. So you're not going to stray from that overall flow of the song, the flow of the story, the flow of the emotional journey we go on from beginning to end. We're not going to take this massive detour because something else gets added. We already know what needs to be added here. It depends upon how much we want to amplify it, bring it down, where we want it in that mix. Yeah, man, pretty much. I, th I think that's pretty much it. Just everything's already in mind. You know, we're not adding... I mean, we're not adding insane amounts of like layering after the fact, you know, maybe we will have a few additional layers here and there, but that's just to complement the songs. We're not going to try to write something completely new over something that we already have, you know? Yeah. Cause if you're trying to write something completely new over something you already have, it's can take this whole entire different turn to the point when you get that final product of a song and now you listen to it, it can be going one way in line, all of a sudden it takes that turn and then comes back. It's just, okay, do we really need to go all the way around and then like basically the journey of the song to get back to this point when if we just kept it straight, the flow would be would go better. And then when we get to like the bridge and the breakdown, we really want to make it hit heavy. Everyone's been on this consistent buildup to it. And you have to take that detour to try and get built back up to it. It's kind of like going to a concert going to see a, a bunch of bands, all of a sudden you see a great lineup and then there's a band that for some reason just doesn't necessarily make sense that's on the bill. And then when you go and see them live and it's just, okay, this doesn't necessarily still feel right. Like they might, like they're probably playing really well, but it just doesn't fit with the vibe of the whole show. So then the energy, by the time you get to that, you know, the like whatever band you want to see or the headliner, you, that energy is still trying to build back up again. You want to keep that thing consistently flowing. So when you get to the to the chorus, what people are going to remember when you get to the breakdown, we're going to go all wall of death in the, in the crowd. You want that energy to be consistently driven to that point so that when it hits, it hits with maximum effectiveness. Yeah, man, pretty much. I agree. But uh, man, I've been listening to too much music just like to get dive into this, like too much. I can't help it. Like love doing this stuff. So also when it comes to <laughs> Lotus though, 
I know if I ask you to pick a favorite song off the album, it's like trying to pick one of your favorite children. That's usually what everyone tells me. However, I'm going to still ask it. Out of all the songs on Lotus, which one for you just stands out as like the, this is my favorite song that we made on the record? It's going to be Dying World. Really? Easy. Alrighty. Let's talk that's about actually it. An, that's actually an easy answer for me. Dying so, World for sure. So why is Dying World the one that just sticks out to you like none other? Um, I think it... I think Dying World was our attempt at making the most melodic thing that we can make. Uh, we have the Lotus on there, but not even that, like just even the chorus, we tried something to, we, like we just tried to make a straight up metalcore, melodic, softer song, you know? And like, it's just, it just works. Like it, it, we just never done anything like that. And the fact that it's, that it's out and people are loving it and the and the fact that people are receptive to like us trying this like completely like melodic version of the band like it's super sick and also like i just i really like Lil lotus's part and i really like the chorus like it's just like it's just i personally think it's the best song that we've ever done as a band <laughs> you know what i mean so, yeah, it's easy for me to answer that question. See, I can see that, especially because I'm just taking a look at my notes on that song as well. Because, of course, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just be like, oh, we're going to have this on here and like not be prepared to talk about some of this stuff. With Dying World, it's especially when you open that like more melodic style, it does have the softer electronic feel to it. But it's the way that that programming is set up. And I said it makes us makes you kind of feel like we're in this like fantasy world in a way. But then all of a sudden it drops this more metalcore bass. Well, it keeps the electronics up, basically, like, we're still in that world, but we're just feeling life at this point. At the same time, it's like, we're still kind of in this, like, perfect world in our minds, but all of a sudden, now the metalcore style comes in, it's much more raw, but now we're kind of seeing both sides of the story here. So we're feeling that, just a completely different emotion throughout the whole entire thing. Little Lotus, though, his feature just, it was something where I listened to him, like, I wonder where they're going to put it in there, but putting it right into the bridge, I just thought, hearing them kind of with that faster rapping style, it just added so much more to the song as you built up just to keep going throughout the rest of the song. It just brought that, it was that piece where we just talked about where it comes to just building that energy. This adding in there kind of, it didn't, it didn't make that you go on a detour. It's like you put your foot on the gas pedal and you went right through it. Like it just added so much more to it in terms of amping everybody up. So having that feature on there, I can easily see why people live shows right now are just like, this is probably like one of our favorite songs to go nuts to. Even though all the other ones go hard, there's something about this one that just the energy gets you going, especially when that little Lotus part comes in. Yeah, dude. The I don't know. Like having him on the bridge is just, it's crazy. Like we had him on the verse and the bridge, but just like the bridge part where it's like that, like it's more of a calm part and it's got that like, it's got that trap beat with that, a high like melodyne top line thing like it's just it's sick dude it's like you you're right it, it makes you feel like you're in like a fantasy world um it, we just we we um implemented some like softer electronics so like you know like plucks that are softer you know pads just like more ambient more like vibey um <clears throat> wetter sounding synths 
and it just yeah that's like the whole that's the whole vibe of that song and yeah dude like the bridge of that song is just like for me it's like probably one of my favorite moments on the album for sure oh absolutely because even like it the bridge on it it kind of works as a breakdown in a sort of way just because you have more that like deathcore crank especially on the instrumentals so you're not taking any part away from like you know really dropping so far down and then little lotus comes in again like i said it's like you're driving you know you're already going like 65 70 miles an hour and now it comes down and next thing you know by the time the part ends you're gonna look at the speedometer you're already going 120 because that has happened before to me with certain songs and I can easily see that happening here. It's like, okay, Kevin, slow down. Oh, I didn't even realize I was going that fast. Nice. Within destruction made me do it. <laughs> but even, but it was like the way that those synths added to and the different programming, the different pads, it brought that feeling of like you're in a fantasy world, but well, all of a sudden now you mix everything in there, you're kind of getting the base of reality versus fantasy, but also it brought this darker feel to the fantasy world overall. And that's where that whole entire electronic, you know, towing that fine line and then bringing some of those trap beats in there, it really brought more of this distorted view of that fantasy world to the whole entire thing. So when you think about the song, you know, dying world, it's whatever that fantasy world you had propped up in your mind, just with the way that the synths were, especially all of a sudden you're bringing those trap beats in there. It just brings it down in terms of like from like this positive fantasy world, like this darker, more sinister type thing that potentially kind of has to die and be destroyed for you to focus on reality. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the meaning of all that, but like, <laughs> I guess like if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to like put some meaning in terms of like the instrumentation, yeah, like that's a really good interpretation of it for sure. And, and a lot of people might have different interpretations as well. It all depends upon what we've gone through in life, how we relate to, how we relate our personal lives to whatever song we're listening to. But just when it comes to the emotion of that song, like, I think everyone's going to feel some sort of way around that, you know, potential, like, feeling like there's a fantasy world that you might be living in that is being destroyed and dying through this. And sure, it's whatever, what, yeah. whatever you might have propped up, whether it's, you know, maybe, uh, like how you like how your perception of a relationship, perception of a job, perception of wherever you are in life, and all of a sudden it's kind of like a like a changing perception kind of style. And a lot of those electronic like uh, implementations in this, the trap beats, just the different programming, it creates that kind of like distortion feel to it. So it's now you're starting to see a little bit more of the reality side of things, and it kind of has a little bit more of this powerful feeling way, especially at the end of it to you know kind of you want to make a change in something you don't want to live in that fantasy world anymore fine you can it's on you like but but you got the power to do it and that little lotus feature in the bridge it's like again you want to do it now you can and now you gotta put your pet you know pedal on the floor pedal the metal right through it with the energy right yeah man totally yeah, I, I, I just like doing that stuff when it comes to like listening to music. There's always some sort of weird connection I'm going to make to it. And like with Dying World, I could easily just see that's where it kind of came from. So you like you like metaphors. I don't, Yeah, for some reason, it's just I, <laughs> I find the metaphor in there. And it's just it's something where I find the metaphor in it. And then I basically kind of put like my own experiences into it to just relate to it. And that's where all of a sudden, you know, when I got into metalcore, when I've gotten even further into some of the heavier stuff too, it's that's how it kind of is all, all gets done. Especially when sometimes there's some unclean vocals where it's, or some really dirty screams are like, I can't understand a freaking word of this. However, right. I can feel the emotion from the vocals and I can 
also understand more of that from the way the instrumentals are being played, whether it's fast, slow, whether there's blast beats, whether it's more melodic, whatever kind of programming's on top of it. There's always some sort of emotional story to be told. Totally. Yeah, man, that's music. Like, it's it's cool because when we write this, it's like, um, what, I mean, when I write it, I just go more of more off like a, a vibe or a feeling. I don't really have anything like that specific because I'm writing like the instrumentals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this chord going to mean? You know, it's just, just for me, it just sounds good. Like this combination of stuff sounds good to me. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna track it. I'm gonna put it out. Um, so it's cool that Rook is able to come in and put his lyrics on it. Um, we're able to like make it all work together and then we get to put it out. And then like the, the, the last layer is like whoever's listening to it on the final end, like they're gonna have whatever interpretation they're gonna have. And that's cool because like, it's super subjective and yeah, like I, I, I don't really like write with the intention of, Oh, this is what you're supposed to feel here. You know what I mean? Like people are going to feel what they feel and it's cool that we could do that for them. Well, just thinking about that sort of process, it makes a lot of sense where it starts with you. It starts with you writing a certain way, f- finding certain riffs, finding certain ideas, picking up on a certain vibe that you're feeling and, and just kind of running with it, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't building off of that. And then when you get to Ruck, just uh, put vocals on top of it, put the lyrics on top of it. He's feeling he's feeding off the vibe that you created with that. So now right. all of a sudden he's picking up a certain emotion, picking up a certain vibe, which is probably putting a story in his mind that's allowing him to write the lyrics to put out a certain idea, put out a certain message. Then whoever's mixing the track gets to listen, gets to pick up on that vibe, gets to see where Ruck was going to take it with the vocals. And then mix in a certain way where that's going to all get amplified. So when it gets to be the final product and it reaches us, the listeners, we get to feel all three different aspects of that. We get to feel the initial vibe, the initial drive behind there, the interpretation of that vibe, how it's amplified. And then we get to really boil it back down to where that core emotion is and then ride the wave of it once again, but also understand where how like us relating to it us taking those metaphors and putting our own personal lives into it and really getting behind the songs and really finding different explanations for things in our lives where we really don't have explanations for them or like how it made us feel. It's like, Oh, you want to know how it felt? Literally listen to the chorus on Lotus. Boom. Done. That's what it felt like. Nice. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Say, but even for myself too, like what are some other songs that people have been really, uh, basically very highly receptive to on this tour with this album because there were two songs that really stuck out to me on this album is like oh my god if i got to hear these live things are going to get broken possibly myself so i want to see if there's if the songs that i had in my mind are the ones that are also being very receptive to the fans so what other songs on this album they've been playing live have the fans been just like oh my god um, I think Scars is a good one that we that we play. Um, I think that one's that one's the that one's really crazy just because it's probably the most technical song we've ever written. I mean, it doesn't really sound like it, but like the guitar work and the drum playing is really, really, really hard. Like me and Luca struggle with that, and like it's it's getting it's getting a lot better now. The fact that we play it every day. But also just yeah, like the technicality with it, with it, and also just the the chorus, the chorus itself, because it goes into like this like weird major thing, and we never we never do that. Like it's super breaking Benjamin, 
and we've never done that ever and like people seem to really really like that course and whenever we play it like it just feels awesome and looks like people are enjoying it as well like they're singing along to it which is great and um yeah it's got like it's got my favorite guitar solo on that album as well so yeah I, I, that's the one that's the one that i think is something new that we're playing now that people are most receptive to uh the the next one would be i would say new yakuza which is uh kind of like the half trap half metal kind of thing just just because it's like it's it's just such an ignorant song you know <laughs> like the like the um i don't know just the beat itself and like all the rhythm and all the grooves that are in, in like in the more metalcore slash deathcore parts like it just like in my opinion that one is just like a, a dumb like go wild type of song and that's what i like about it so yeah people people going wild for that too and and honestly, it's sometimes it's just easier to have fun with some of the stuff and just create a song like that where it's not as heavy or as serious as some of these other ones. Where it's just we're gonna throw something in there, we're gonna buy with the trap and the metal, we're just gonna kind of mix together, see what happens, and you just people just enjoy it, and you just have such an incredible experience listening to that stuff live. Where you kind of just wanna be a part of that. It's kind of like the. Uh, Kind of like Electric Cowboy, where it's just, you listen to their music, it's like, yeah, it can go heavy at times, it's fun. So they like, not really taking itself too seriously, but every, who who doesn't enjoy it? It just makes a lot of sense. But when you brought up Scars, I'm like, out of the two songs that I had picked as, like, the ones I think the fans would go the absolute most nuts for outside of, uh, outside of Dying World, yeah, Scars was one of them. Absolutely nice. was one of them. Hell and, yeah. And thinking about that chorus too, where you're talking about more going more like a melodic, that Breaking Benjamin style. It's, I mean, Breaking Benjamin is one of those gigantic bands where when they go and headline, it's like, especially in the U.S., like they're they're not headlining small venues. Like they'll he like if they headline a venue, like the smallest venue they'll headline is like a five thousand capacity venue. Yeah, and it's just because some there's some way that people connect with that sound, and it does mix in with it can mix in with more metalcore, deathcore style as well. I mean, take a look at how um on the new Motionless and White album, because I think song Signs of Life, it, they kind of had a chorus similar like that, or on the song Masterpiece, it's like did Ben Burnley can, if he sings on this, it sounds like it's Breaking Benjamin, but there's such a connection to it where the fans can really get into it, they can really feel this certain emotion, a certain feeling off it. But it's that bridge and the breakdown on Scars was just, that was the thing that lit me up the absolute most. I I couldn't believe you guys came up with something like that. Nice. Thank you so much, man. I mean, if if you if people haven't listened to it, I kind of looked at it as, it's basically like from a vocal style. If um, It kind of reminded me of uh, I Prevail's unclean vocalist, Eric. Like, his style went on top of this fast-paced, deathcore kind of, like, backing. Then the electronics all slightly over the top to create this manic feel to this fast-paced, glorious breakdown. Only to close with an absolutely killer shredding solo, which I was not expecting in the slightest. I was just like, we're going... I can't, I just imagine myself in the pit just going nuts, throwing everyone around. All of a sudden, that guitar solo hits, and it's just like... This weird bliss just comes right over here. It's just like, ah! Whoa! This is too cool, man! <laughs> Sick, dude. I appreciate you saying that, man. That's cool. Oh, you're very welcome. The, Hell yeah. The, I'll say the other song I thought people would definitely go crazy for, especially after really listening to it, was Toxic. 
Oh yeah, that one is that one is really sick too. Um, people, yeah, the I think people really like the chorus on that as well. Um, the breakdown is sick too because I use like a I use this like pitch shifter to drop an octave down. Um, so we're in C sharp for that one. So on the when it, when it gets pitch shifted, it's like a C sharp one, bass is C sharp zero, which is like super low. And uh, it just works really well, and it's all layered with synths. So it's like we have like we'll have like a dirty synth bass like in the back as well, and it's just like a wall of sound, and it just works. It just works really well, and I think yeah, like Toxic is also being really well received too. So I'm really happy about that, man. Well, even earlier when I brought up like potentially, you know, going to come to the U.S. and touring with certain bands, and when I brought up the Australian metalcore band, specifically Polaris and Make Them Suffer, this was the song that made me think of that. This was the one, because I'm listening to it instrumentally, awesome. and a lot of it, like, the, just the way it was constructed, it sounded a lot like the raw, just, you know, the guitars, the drums in the back. It sounded a very similar to something I would hear off of, like, the Death of Me Out from Polaris in 2020. But then you get oh, yeah. the electronics over it. It just adds so much more to it. It adds so much more of this intricate vibe to it, but it still is heavy in that metalcore sense. But then the vocals, I'm like, once you get to some of those heavier vocals, I'm like, it's like if Sean from Make Them Suffer came out of this track, just went absolute ape shit on this. And then you guys mixed, experimented so much with deathcore, with metalcore throughout the whole entire thing. There's so much going on in this track where I'm less like, this would be the one where, again, there's so many different tracks on this album where I could be like, yeah, people are going to go, you know, absolutely craziest in the pit. I still don't know which one to pick. So, like, I kind of want to pick the end of Dying Wish. I want to, or Dying Wild World. I want to pick Scars. I also want to pick Toxic, too, just because of how insane it is. Like, there's so many songs here. It's so hard to pick one that's just like, okay, this is going to be the one that's going to get people going the craziest. No, no, no. Now it's going to be this one. Now it's gonna be this one. It's an embarrassment of riches on Lotus right here. <laughs> dude thanks man i i re that's what we wanted to create man just with the album having all it's it's all for us it's just having like moments you know like having all these like like really memorable parts and just like have they it just needed to be huge lotus for me it just needed to be massive um every song had to had to hit like we are not putting out any b-side songs you know, like these are all like, I think I wrote like 20, I think I had like 30 songs ready, ready for Lotus. And out of all of those, we made like lists of like, which songs are good, which songs are okay, which songs are shot. And the shot ones, we obviously like threw those away. Like we know, we already knew which ones were going to not make the cut. And it was like the hardest part about Lotus was just like, picking which ones of the demos we should have and which ones are going to make the most cohesive sense. So we really like, we really went like very, very particular on how we wanted the album to sound and what songs need to be there. Um, but yeah, man, like, again, just having those huge moments and those huge feelings, very important. And that's kind of, I think, the best way to describe this album is when you listen to these songs, it's there's going to be, it's not just one moment on each song either. There are multiple moments on these songs that are just going to stand out to you. I mean, for me, it's always like some of the, like the breakdowns are the ones where it's like, these are the ones standing out to me because I'm already, 
like I'm already fully imagining myself in the pit going absolutely nuts of this stuff. But then you're listening to some of these other pieces, like again, going back to Dying World with the little Lotus feature, it's like, there's a moment right there going to Toxic, just the intro for myself. I'm like, that is it right there. Scars every way about it, especially, and then the guitar so at the end of the breakdown. Those are moments where it just stands out so much. But you also have the choruses in these, and they're catchy as all hell. It's it's impossible to not listen to this album and not be able to remember like two or three moments from each track. There's so much going on here where you created something that a lot of people are going to be able to listen to, get into. But when you pick out like, okay, what was your favorite moment that caught you? You're going to get so many different answers from so many different people per song because you created this album and created all these songs to hit on those moments. And there are so many moments in each song where people are going to get connected to it. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, man. Thank you. Like that's, that's the goal. That, that really is. Just have it. Just, yeah, as you said, exactly. And that's why like when I was preparing for this episode and when it came to listening to it, after I was done listening to it, that's why I started sending it to as many people as I possibly could. Cause it's like, you, you guys got to listen to this. Like there is something here that you got to just like grab onto. I don't know what the hell's going on in like the metalcore world, but there is something going on when it comes to, you know, something going on with the Australian bands. There's something going on with the UK bands. And then when it comes to more of the mainland Europe bands, there's also something going on there that we got to take notice to because there's so much creativity going on. There's something that just stands out as a lot of these songs have so many moments in them. So all of a sudden it's like you come over to the US, it's like there are some bands that are doing that, but it's just there's a different level. And you guys are embodying this different level when it comes to at mixing metalcore and deathcore together, but all the different electronic programming that goes over the top that that totes that perfect fine line in each song to have all that be a perfect complement and stand out to create each and every one of these moments. There's something there that we got to look at. We got to understand because I feel like in four years, everyone's going to be trying to do something like this. Like there, there's there's like all of a sudden, this could be the album that people look back on as like a like a sempraternal where it's like, this was something that was the start of a gigantic change or like, um, like the Holy hell album with, from architects with the doomsday riff. Like this is like, this is the moment where yeah. something started. Like this album, the way that you guys mix that metalcore deathcore style together, the way you put that, all those electronic pieces together for it and had them mix so well in there, there is something here that could easily be the catalyst to the next wave of creativity in metalcore. Thanks, man. Dude, I, I hope, I really hope that that's the case, man. That would be such an honor. It, I mean, it would be, it would be fitting for an album like this. We'll, we'll just put it that way. Thanks, man. So one other thing is now that the album's out, you guys are on tour and we're going to be approaching 2023 as well. When it comes to Within Destruction, what's your prediction for the band in 2023? What do you think is going to happen? Like any ideas, anything you guys are planning or anything you guys want to achieve? Like what is your going to be your prediction for the band going into the next year? Tour the album. Get this album in front of people, as many people as possible. Play as many shows as possible. Play these songs as good as possible. Yeah, man, that's that's it. Like Lotus, Lotus is out, and we want to push that hard. So, I'm hoping I'm hoping next year is going to be busy, because I think for the last two years not being like just sitting around, like I want to make up for it. So let's get going. 
Well, if you guys come over to the U.S., which I hope you guys do, and I'm going to actually expect you guys to go over to the U.S., especially with this album, I mean, make up for it as much as possible. Hell, all of a sudden, I'm going to see multiple shows around me and within like a two to three hour drive and be like, oh, it's a Tuesday. You guys are playing like four hours west of me? Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? Oh, no, you guys are playing two hours north of me? Yeah, sure. The next day, oh, you're in my hometown? Perfect. Oh, two days later, you're in like... You're in the city of Chicago. Yeah, that's nothing. We're going down there. We're moshing this four times in one week. Awesome. I look forward to it, man. And one other thing, we need, we're going to need to get some of these like YouTube reactors to like listen to some of these songs and go crazy. I want to see Nick Nocturnal make a video going absolutely crazy to some of these breakdowns. I would love that. I love his videos, and it would be an honor. I also want to see the two rockin' grannies listen to this and see what they think because... That would be sick, too. They're just they're just hysterical and well, I feel like they I feel like there's something here. Where all of a sudden they're listening like we haven't really heard anything like this before, but now we're intrigued and all of a sudden you guys are gonna have like you know just this back and forth reacting to the reaction from the rocking grannies. <laughs> yeah, bro. I honestly that would be sick. Well, we're gonna make a little. We might have to make a TikTok short out of that specific piece and tag everyone in and be like, "What? We're making it happen. We gotta make something happen like that." Make it happen, dude. I I, I want to plug our band, plug our band with these reactors, and let's go. <laughs> let's speak into existence. And Howard, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, the one thing I like to do before we close these out is give my guests, which is you in this case, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So, Howard. The floor is yours. Yeah, yo, stream Lotus fan. Like, on it's out on all platforms. You know, Spotify, Apple Music, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think it's like, it's definitely our best work. Like, I think if you ask anyone in the band, they would all say that this blows everything out of the water by far. Just having it, and also having it mixed by Jeff Dunn is incredible like that guy's a legend and he made a sound way way huge uh like much more massive than we ever sound before um and uh yeah also yeah that's pretty much it it's pretty much it now it's time for me to close this podcast with three things first off when it comes within destruction lotus is out you are not going to want to miss this album if you miss this album you're going to be looking back at yourself in two years wondering how did I miss this album? Well, I'm not going to let you miss it. So what you want to do is you're going to want to follow along with Within Destruction on everything. All their socials. You're going to watch those YouTube videos. You want to get tickets to their shows. You're going to want to buy their merch. And you're going to want to stream this album, listen to album, buy this album, download some, everything about it. So instead of having to look all this stuff up yourself to be able to follow Within Destruction and do all these things, I'm doing all the hard work for you. Description of the podcast. Let's say find Within Destruction online. Links for everything. Socials, streaming the music, buying the music, buying merch, buying tickets, everything about the band. And those associated links as well. So that you can, it's just a one-click, one-stop shop. I'm doing all the work. It's convenient for you. Come on, let's do this. Now it's time for number two. Howard, whenever I've guessed in the podcast that I enjoy having the podcast, I always tend to make a certain promise. And... As a way to basically say thank you for being on the podcast and I wish to continue to support the band. Yeah, this everyone hits this pretty much and you are not breaking this streak. So when I get to see Perform Live for the first time, I said when because it's going to happen, time and day to be determined. But when I see Perform Live for the first time, I normally say first round's on me, but because I know you guys say you don't drink, um, how about I just bring like two gigantic pizzas to the tour bus and be like, dinner time. <laughs>
That'll be awesome, man. Like, that'll be more than that'll be more than enough, bro. That'll be sick. <laughs> Perfect. And as we bring this podcast to its full conclusion, number three is I cannot say goodbye in good conscience, mostly because one, that is way too final. Two, I would love to have you back on the podcast again. And three, I must keep my promise. So this is not goodbye, Howard. No, 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 no. This is, I'll see you later. All right. See you later, dude. Well, folks, an interview with Howard from the band with Indestruction. Once again, their brand new album, Lotus, is available for you to go stream, listen to, buy, download, get some merch from them, make sure you get tickets for their shows when they're around your area, and follow along with them on all their social media accounts. You're not going to want to, you know, miss out on this band. This album is an album of the year contender for sure, Lotus by Within Destruction. So you want to make sure you listen to it, you support the band. Go to the description of the podcast. It will say Find Within Destruction Online, and you'll get the links for their social medias, where you watch YouTube videos, where you can buy their merch, where you can stream the album, download the album, buy the album, all that great stuff to support these guys because this sound is fantastic. Let's get them back over to the U.S. Also, be sure to remember to, you know, like and subscribe to the Corporate Rush Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for your viewing pleasure. You can also find us and the podcast video style on YouTube. So please hit that subscribe button or you can subscribe on Spotify, Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and wherever you get your audio downloads for podcasts because we're many different places. Thank you, Britain Media. Um, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe. If you're like, no, nah, I don't want to, please reconsider. If you're like, yeah, I'm subscribing, thank you. If you're already subscribed and been here for a while, thank you very much. This is like my favorite thing to do, so let's keep this rolling. And remember, uh, thank you to Manscaped, 20 percent free shipping on your entire order. Use the code CPP at checkout. Thank you, Howard, once again. Um, Come over to the U.S., man. I got to mosh to some of these songs. This is going to be a lot of fun. So on that note, that's going to be for today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end up this thing always with a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya!